Well, good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing this morning? Yeah. What's up? My name is Aaron Beasley. I am the Manual Church Banta Campus Pastor. So what's up, Banta? What's up, man? I love you guys so much. What's up? What is up, Franklin Campus? You're about to have a new building. Who's pumped up about that? That's right. That's right. And then we got our online people all across the world. What's up? I'm so glad to be with you today. And here I am at the Greenwood Campus. What is up, Greenwood? What's up? We're glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I hope that you had an amazing Thanksgiving. All right? Who had an amazing Thanksgiving, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Good. I ate a lot. Okay. I gained a few pounds. That's all right. I'm sure I'm going to, you know, Pastor Dan is going to ask me to exercise a little bit more. I'm all right with that. Okay. I'm cool with that. Uh, we need to. So anyways, uh, we're in this series, if, you, if you're new here, we hope that you have felt loved and welcomed, but we're in this series called More Blessed, and it's all about how uh, some words that Jesus has given us in Acts 20, he said this, that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And I don't know about you, but my love language is gifts, so I love to receive things. Like Christmas time, it's my holiday. You know what I'm saying? I'm receiving things and it feels good to get things. So if Jesus is telling me that it's more blessed to give, I'm kind of like, I don't know about that because it feels pretty good to receive. And in this series, we are talking about some hindrances that come up to how we may not believe this or do that. And so the first week, what we talked about is we don't believe that this is true. We just don't believe it's true that it's more blessed to give than receive, so we may not do it. And so we talked about just trying it, like try and see how God will bless you, that it actually is more blessed to give than it is to receive. In week two, what we talked about is how we idolize money, and then in week three, we talked about how debt can keep us from also giving so that we can receive the more blessedness that God is talking about. And Pastor Danny gave those three weeks. He did an amazing job, and you can go back to our podcast to check those talks out. By the way, didn't he do an amazing job, by the way, these last couple of weeks, these last few weeks he has? And so I'm going to give you week four. Of, I'm going to close this series out about a hindrance on how it's harder for us to give at times. But before I get into that, I told you, and you know, that Thanksgiving just came. And so I don't know about you, but I have a grandma. I have some moms in my life that, man, they make some great food. I also have an uncle who's a great cook. His name's Uncle Doug. He's an amazing cook. About a few years ago, he started cooking, and man, he is awesome. And then he started making desserts. So a few years ago, he started making his own cheesecake, all right? And I'll tell you about this cheesecake. I'm kind of a stickler when it comes to cheesecake. Like, I'll go to Cheesecake Factory. I'll spend 8 or $9 when we go on a piece of cheesecake because it's great. So I don't like store-bought cheesecake. I won't eat it. I, I will if someone bought it, you know, to be nice and stuff. But I don't like it. So there you go. I don't like it. I don't think it tastes good. And so my Uncle Doug makes this cheesecake a few years ago for Thanksgiving. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about this. I'm going to eat my, you know, mashed potatoes and my green beans and my turkey. And then I'll try it. And let me tell you, I bought into this. I, bite, I bought into, bite, bought. Okay, you know, grammar. I, I ate it. And it was so good. There we go. It was so good. It, it was so good that I decided to bring some with me today. He made me some. I said, hey, can you make me a cheesecake for my talk? And he said, I would love to. And so I'm going to eat it in front of you because it's that good. And so I'm going to get ready here. Yeah, you're just going to have to watch me. All you people that didn't have breakfast, sorry. Oh, there goes my napkin. Doesn't matter. And I'm going to eat it because I don't, this is white chocolate with graham cracker crust. And it, uh, mm. 
I'm telling you, it's better than spending eight or nine dollars at Cheesecake Factory. It's just the truth. It's so good. And when I found out how good this cheesecake was, I went back to go get some more. But my family had ate all the rest of the cheesecake and there was none left over. And so you know what I did the following year? I went to the dessert line first. (laughs) And I got myself a piece of cheesecake. And then I made sure I could go back and get another piece because it was that good. I don't know if you've ever done that before, but I did. And so now when it happens, I feel like this is my cheesecake. And I can't let anyone else have it because I could lose. I could lose out. I may be left behind. And so when he makes me, this like, so some of you are like, hey, can we try this cheesecake afterwards? No, you can't. Because I'm going to take this home with me and I'm going to eat it. Because it's so good. But I believe that this is a mindset that we have that causes us not to give, and it's called the scarcity mindset. The scarcity mindset causes us not to give. So what is the scarcity mindset? Well, the scarcity mindset is this. It's the belief there will never be enough. There'll never be enough. Like, there's not going to be enough cheesecake left over, so I'm going to cling on to all the cheesecake that I can. I love this quote by Grayson Bell about the scarcity mindset. He says, the scarcity mindset is the mindset that says, instead of believing you have enough and there's plenty to go around, you cling to everything you have out of fear of coming up short. So like with the cheesecake, I'm fearing that I'm going to come up short. Like there's not going to be enough left over for me, so I'm going to cling to it. Many of us we can do this in other things. It doesn't have to just be with cheesecake or money. It could, be, it could be with our time. Like, you know, if I give an hour of my time to volunteer or I give my time to this, I'm going to lose that hour and I'm not going to get it back and it won't be replaced. So I'm going to cling on to my family time. I'm going to cling on to all the hours that I have in my life and I'm not going to volunteer. It could be emotional strength. You know, like, I need to forgive this person, but I don't want to forgive this person because they could hurt me again. And then if if they hurt me again or somebody else hurts me, I'm not going to be able to forgive. I'm not going to have enough emotional strength left over. It won't be replaced if I forgive this person. It's the same with my cheesecake. It won't be replaced. So I I don't want to give it. I don't want to let anybody else have it because it won't be replaced. I need to eat it. Same thing with our money. High school students, this could happen with you. You work really hard at Mike's Car Wash, or you know, you're at Chick-fil-A working, and then all of a sudden you only make, you're making a limited amount of money, and you got to save your money. Because if you give any of it, there's not going to be enough for gas, or the dates I want to go on, or the friends I want to hang out with, and it won't be replaced. Same thing with adults. i got to get this ranch. Because if I don't get this ranch house, there's not going to be another ranch house. And so if I have to spend a little bit extra money, I'll do it because there won't be any ranch houses left over. I've got to get it. The car, the deals, Black Friday shopping. Some of you, you were afraid there weren't going to be the TVs or the, or the clothes or the things that you wanted. So you went and some of you, you even pushed people out of the way. That's a talk for another day. Some of you, you even like, forget Black Friday shopping. We're going on Thanksgiving to make sure we get what we need. You know, Brown Thursday, or whatever they call it. I don't know what they call it anymore. It's like, how are you shopping on Thanksgiving? What's happening? I don't know what it's called. It's crazy. 
And so we're afraid that we're going to be left behind. Actually, the scarcity of mindset, if I could sum it up, it's this, is that if we give, we lose. Like, if I give you a piece of this cheesecake, I lose. It's not going to be replaced. And I can't have that. I'm not going to have that. I like this too much, and so I'm going to cling to what I have. Now, some of us today, we may be sitting here going, well, I'm a pretty generous person. But if we're being honest, in this series, what we've talked about as Christ followers is that the average Christ follower gives about 3% of their income to all charities, to church, to charities, all that. Only 3%. And I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound that generous. It actually sounds like we're clinging to what is ours because we're afraid that if we give, it's not going to be replaced. And so in this series, that's what we've been talking about because it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And so how do we know we have this mindset? Because I, I've been sitting here, me and my wife, we, we were talking, her name's Layla, and so we, we're like, we're pretty generous people, you know, like, I feel like I'm a generous person. I, I feel like, you know, I try to help people out and all this. But then I started to, you know, study for this talk, and I started to realize, like, oh, maybe the scarcity mindset does come into my mind a lot. And so how do we know if we have this mindset? Well, number one, we are envious of others. Now, you know, this one really hit me because I'm like, I'm not envious of others. And then all of a sudden I started to think, like, we can be driving down the road, right, in our car, and all of a sudden see somebody else's car, and all of a sudden a thought pops in our mind, right? Wish I had that car. Why do I drive this car? Wish I had, you know how this happened? My brother came home for Thanksgiving. He's got a backup camera. My car doesn't have a backup camera. So he started to back up out of my driveway, and I was like, well, that would be nice to have. Especially for me and my wife, we probably wouldn't hit something then. You know, like, that would be nice. You know, like, oh, I would like to have a backup camera. That's nice. Oh, okay. Then we start driving down the road, and I start seeing houses, right? And I'm like, well, wish we had that extra room. That'd be nice. Wish we had that extra space. Then we go into somebody's house, and we're like, wow. My wife likes to say this. This house is so homey. You know, it's so homey. Wish we had some of these things, you know, that would be nice to make our house more homey, these decorations. And so then we start to become envious of, of all the things that people have. You know, especially around fall break and spring break and Christmas time, I promise you, I feel like there's some people that they go on a vacation every time there's a holiday. So, oh, look, there they are on Florida fall break, Florida in spring break, Florida in winter break. Man, I just want to see Mickey and Minnie once, you know, like, I just want to go on a vacation. I'm a pastor, you know, so I got to save my, so I'm sitting there like, okay, you know, I'm going to save, where can we find money to save so we can go on a vacation? Well, maybe we could take some money from the giving because that's, you know, we can, because I want to go on the trip because I'm envious. I want to go somewhere warm because it's cold right now. That'd be nice. And so how do we know the scarcity of mindset starts to, it's starting to set in? We start to become envious. Thoughts start to pop up in our head. We start to cling to what is ours, the cheesecake. Like, I got to hold on to this so I can go on a vacation. So that I can get that house or that renovation. That's what happens in my life. Number two, we want it now or we overindulge. Like, how do you know the scarcity of mindset is starting to set in? Well, you just start to get, want things right away. Like you get that bonus check and it goes straight to the renovation. 
you get some extra money and it goes straight to this. It, you get any other money, you, you're just buying things, you're going out to eat all the time because you want it now. Listen, I want Chick-fil-A too, right? You know, like the Chick-fil-A on 135, it's been closed, it feels like, for like four months, five months. <laughs> I want Chick-fil-A. By the way, online, if you don't know what Chick-fil-A is, you're around the world, it's a great chicken sandwich, okay? Chicken nuggets, whatever, it's awesome. Just letting you know. And, and I want it now. So I'm like, I'm just going to go buy the food right now. Or we overindulge. Like we buy things that we don't even need. Like my daughter, she's seven, she's seven months. Okay, seven months. Like I have to tell my family, stop buying things for her. She doesn't need a billion toys right now. You know why? Because she just sticks them in her mouth. <laughs> just takes them. She'll, she'll grab a fork. She'll grab one. She just puts it in her mouth. We don't need, we overindulge. People are buying things. Like, no, I know that they want to be thankful. And all, they want to be, they want to love honor and all that. That's awesome. But, but sometimes we're just buying things that we don't really need. We just want. You know, you can overindulge too in your, in your savings account. Like, you can start to build your savings account, build your savings account. It starts to become your security blanket. You're overindulging. And so you're like, oh, I'm good. You know, Jesus had a story about that in Luke chapter 12. He talks about a man who his grain and his barn started to get full so much that the barn he had was too small. And he goes, mm, this barn's too small. You know what I'm going to do? I I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry, and I'm going to build a bigger barn so that I can put more of my stuff in the bigger barn. And then he died the next day. And he couldn't use his stuff because what Jesus was saying is, is he's trying to teach us that overindulging, trying to find our security in what we have in our money, what we're making, isn't enough. It's not enough. So then how does this scarcity mindset set in? Number three, we have these say sayings. I'm not, I can't, I don't. Negative statements that start to flow in our minds like this. Well, I, I'm not, not going to be able to give because we're in debt. We're in debt, so I'm not going to be able to give. I don't have enough money, so when I get enough money, then I'll give. I don't, so once I get enough, okay, I can't give because, do you see how many kids I have? I can't. They're all over the place. And so we start to start saying these statements. I can't, I don't, I'm not. And it starts to become what fills our minds. And then the scarcity mindset sets in, and so... I can't give a piece of my cheesecake. There won't be enough left over for me. It won't be replaced. So I've got to hold on to this. It's, it's mine. I can't give it. I don't want to be left out. It's not going to be replaced. And so we start to say these statements, and then giving becomes really hard because we cling on to what we have. Or number four, we believe our situation is permanent. And we start to just get to a place where we say things like this. It's always going to be this way. I'm always going to be in debt. I'm never going to have enough. You don't know my situation, my bills. It's always going to be this way. Or we try to keep it a certain way. We've gotten to a place where we like where we're at. And so we've got to do everything we can to keep our situation permanent. I want to keep this, and I want to have this, and so I'm going to keep my situation permanent. 
And that's how you know the scarcity mindset is starting to set in to your hearts and your minds. Why is this important? And like, why is it important that we get rid of the scarcity mindset? Well, I'm going to go back to the quote because I think there's a hint in the quote that I had earlier. Is the scarcity mindset is the mindset that says instead of believing you have enough and there's plenty to go around, you cling to everything you have out of fear of coming up short. Out of fear of coming up short. You know, our God is not a God of fear. He's not a God that bases things off fear. He, instead of fear, he wants us to live by faith, that we can trust him, that he's going to do something that we can't even imagine what he's going to do. If we don't cling to our cheesecake, well, I can't give because it's not going to be replaced. And God's sitting there like, what do you mean it's not going to be replaced? Test me and see. Like, out of fear of coming up short. And coming up short, like, what does that even mean? Who gets to define what coming up short is? The world? I, I don't want to live my life based off what the world views coming up short is. What, because our house isn't as homey as someone else's house? Or my house isn't as big as someone else's house? Or because I don't have the backup camera in my car? Because I, I don't have this new thing or this, or my savings account doesn't have this amount of money in it? Like, some of us, we're playing a game. And some of us, we feel like we're not winning at the game, so we're fear, fearing we're coming up short, so we cling to what we have. And some of us, we're winning at the game, and my question is, what's the point of winning a game that loses in the end? You're not even playing the right game. Because God has a game that's different. See, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 10. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. If you've been a Christ follower for a while, you've probably heard this verse. But like, let's really take it in for a minute. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. If I cling to my cheesecake, I'm going to lose it. Like, I can cling to this, and I can eat this all for myself, and it's mine, but here's what I promise you will happen. I will be in the bathroom, and it will not be good. I will lose One way or the other, I will lose. But see, Jesus' kingdom and his game is different. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. You know, why is it important that we get rid of the scarcity mindset? Because Pastor Danny, at the very beginning of this series, talked about why we're even doing this. And it's because of this statement here. The more we give, the more we live because you get to see what God will use with the giving and then you get to see how God may replace the cheesecake and you have no idea how to replace it it could be peace joy in your relationships it could be blessings in your life he could replace the whole thing and you will praise him even more that's what I want to live that's the game I want to play I don't want to cling into everything that is mine because if I do that, here's what I promise you, is I'll continue to be envious of other people and want what they have, which maybe God doesn't want me to have. 
It could, it could be situations where I try to hold on and say, I can't, I don't, I don't want to live a life of negativity where I just sit in all the things that I'm saying, I can't. I don't want to believe my situation is permanent because God takes old things and makes them new. That's how I want to live my life. And so then how do we fight against the scarcity mindset? Like how do we fight against this? And it's really simple, but it's hard, is that everything is God's. Like, how do you fight against this? You just realize that everything is God's. Everything. Like, the seats we're sitting in, it's his. This building, it's his. The cars I drive, it's his. The coffee you drank this morning, it's his. The clothes I wear, it's his. The grain in the fields, it's his. The cows in the fields, it's his. The sun and the moon, it's his. It's all his. Everything. Everything is his. How do I know that? Well, Psalms 24.1 says this. The earth is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's. That's bigger than my bank account. I don't know about your guys's, but it's bigger than mine. And everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. Or, you know, we believe that uh, there's God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this is what it says about Christ in Colossians. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and even the things we can't see. Such as the thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. I don't know about you, but for me, that sounds like God owns everything. Everything. And then, if everything is God's, it means God gives in abundance. He's just given us things all the time. He's given us cheesecakes all the time. All the time. That's why in 2 Corinthians it says this. For God is the one who provides the seed for the farmer. So he provides the seed and then he lets the seed grow and then the bread to eat. In the same way he will provide and increase your resources. Why? Then you can produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched. You will be abundance. You will have a lot in every way so that you can be always generous. And when you take your gifts to those in need, they will thank God. See, notice in this verse, it has nothing to do about how much or where you're at or where you think coming up short is. It's just that God provides everything in abundance. And so no matter where you're at, whatever he provides... You can be generous in your heart so that you can help those in need and then they'll praise God. See, God gives us an abundance so that we can give to others in abundance. Like the breath I'm breathing right now. Like, like, like everyone just take a deep breath right now. So it's just that breath that you just breath, breathe, abundance, abundance. Me being able to talk to you right now and walk, abundance. Me, these clothes, the cotton and the wool that was provided for it and the rubber for the shoes and all, abundance. The money I use to buy those things, abundance. The job I have, abundance. 
The car I drive, abundance. The bicycle I have at my house, abundance. Everything is abundance. The sun that comes up and warms the earth, abundance. All that is abundance. And when I realize that, it's easy for me to, to be generous and to give as well. Because, you know, I said that, you know, I, tr- I tried to hold on to this cheesecake. And what I want you to know today is that this really isn't my cheesecake. This is my Uncle Doug's cheesecake. And he gave it to me. And if he came and he said to me, Aaron, I will give you a cheesecake every week. All you have to do is give a piece back to me. I'd be going, that's a pretty good deal. That's even two extra slices during the week. I'll do that. I'm in. And then he'll replace what I give. I don't lose. He's going to replace it in another way. He may give me another cheesecake. He may make me a different dessert. He may give me just the joy and and the peace and the patience that I need in my life so that I'm enjoying this and it's making me happy. But all he asks is for a piece. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a God that's very, very generous. And that's a God that I want to follow. And if that's the case, what am I asking today? Well... I'm asking that you give a piece of your, in parentheses, God's cake. And as a church, we've actually said, you know what? We understand that giving 10% is hard. That's a hard thing, especially if you've never done this or or gave to charities or to the church or anything like that. So here's, here's what we said. We said, you know what? We're not even asking you to give a whole piece. We're asking you to give a bite of a piece, just a bite. Mm. And here's what I promise you, that bite will change people's lives. Like, because if I gave you a bite of this, it's going to change your life. (laughs) Because it's good. So what does that look like? It's just 10% of 10%. It's $10. It's a piece of cheesecake at the Cheesecake Factory. That's what it is. And then I promise you, when you start to realize what God will do with your gifts... People's needs will be met, people will thank God, and then God's going to replace that piece or that whole piece of cheesecake, that bite or that piece that you gave in ways that you never imagined, I promise. So to show you that this is true, I want you to check out this story. This is the Roberts family and how their small group did little things. They took bites of their pieces to help them out in their small group and how God used that to bless their life. Check out this story. My name's Brandon Roberts. And I'm Whitney Roberts. We've been coming to Emmanuel for about three years. We've been married for three years. So about a year ago, we had our son, Brecken, and he seemed like a healthy baby. We um, had no complications during the pregnancy or anything. And then um, a day after he was born, the pediatrician noticed that he was showing signs of low muscle tone. And so um, he was diagnosed with uh, type 1 spinal muscular atrophy. Spinal muscular atrophy is a pretty serious muscle condition that affects many aspects of Brecken's life. Um, During the two weeks that we were there, everything was a blow to the stomach. Um, He ended up having to be put on oxygen, had a feeding tube put in his nose. 
the, actually the week before we had our son and our small group or action step was to memorize a um, verse. The one we chose was Deuteronomy 31, eight. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. And so we were like long nights and days at Riley. We would just look at each other and say Deuteronomy 31a and just that kind of stuff, um, which was so cool that we had just memorized that the week before um, we had our sons. So our family has been greatly impacted by the generosity of our small group. Throughout the two weeks that we were at Riley, there wasn't a day or even an hour that we weren't receiving a text or a phone call giving us an encouraging word. Our small group continued even after the two weeks um, that we were in Riley. So whenever we came home, um, they set up a meal um, train for us and that we were getting meals every day. I actually totaled my car and just simply one of the small group women came and sat with our son in the car because he was not in a traditional car seat. So he was in a car bed, so it wasn't easy to get him in and out. And so just things like that um, were huge that didn't seem big at the time, but just looking back, it was so great for them too. Um, step in in literally every aspect of our life. So when we did get home, it was us trying to make it as normal as possible. Um, it was very difficult having a hundred feet of oxygen cord strung through the house. He was hooked up to a monitor that monitored his oxygen and his heart rate. We were actually surprised one day I was at home and firefighters came up to the door and they said that someone had actually donated a generator to us because um, they heard that our son had some special needs and that um, he was on oxygen. So if our power ever went out or anything like that, that he would need power throughout any circumstance. And so that was just completely generous thing that we didn't even expect or know that we even needed. The local police department show up at our house with another anonymous gift. It was an envelope with $1,000 cash. That helped for so many reasons, just with medical bills and just living that lifestyle of constantly on the move, going to and from doctor's appointments. So we still don't know who it was that um, donated the generator or the money, but it's probably someone in the audience, so thank you for that. <laughs> Generosity has many different faces. Not only did we receive the financial aspect of it, but we had people reaching out through encouraging words and meals. Even if you aren't able to support someone financially, you can support them emotionally. Um, you can just be there. So because of all of this, we have really learned that there's no excuse to not be generous to others. So without the generosity of others, it would have been extremely difficult to stay positive and to really just keep going and be there for him. Um, considering the diagnosis, he truly is a, a miracle baby. And so we just wanna thank everybody who has been generous to us. Isn't that awesome? It's actually, it's actually one of the reasons why we even say you should be in a small group because you can have people who help, help you and all that. But the, the reason why, if you give to this church, you help small groups happen at this church. You, you help make those things possible. When you give just a bite of your piece, God uses that and does amazing things. And so I know many of us, even in the crowd, maybe we're college students or we're not in a place or, or we're struggling maybe with some of the things we talked about in prior weeks. And here's what I promise you, though, is I, I remember being a college student. And if anybody doesn't have any money, here's what I promise you. College students don't have money. OK, 
because they owe Sally Mae, or I don't know what it is anymore. Okay? I don't know if it's Sally Mae. I don't know who it is, okay? And, and here's what I know is that I remember someone challenging me when I was in college and saying, you need to still give. And I was like, <laughs> like, you want me to give some of my hard-earned money that I'm also in debt because of college and I'm trying to learn while I work at this ice rink here? While I drive the Zamboni, that's right, I was a Zamboni driver, okay? Are you serious? I don't, I don't know about that. But here's what I know. I said, okay, I'll, I'll take the challenge. And I started to give when I was in college, continually, always. And God, I, I, if I told you, if I told you all the ways that God has provided, you wouldn't believe me. There's been a car that's been put in that. There's been peace and patience in relationships that I thought never would be restored. And I believe it's because I decided that I'm not going to believe that the peace won't be replaced. I'm going to see how God's going to replace it because he will in some way, shape, or form. And so as a church, we're just saying, man, a bite. Try a bite first. Maybe you feel like God's asking more, but it's 10 dollars a week, I promise. And so how can you do that? We're going to receive our offering. You can do that in the buckets. You can do that by texting 65248 and text the word give. And it's real easy. What will pop up is just this screen. And you can just, you can go and you can hit make a recurring gift or give one time. Or we would love for you to make a recurring $10 gift if that's what you can do. But watch what God will do. I promise you, he won't let you down. I don't want to feel like I'm going to lose anymore. I don't want to have the scarcity mindset and to cling. I want to believe that God will replace. That's how I want to live my life. And so let's pray now as we receive our offering. God, I thank you today for what you're doing in this place. I thank you for the Roberts family and how their small group provided for them. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in this place that, God, when people give to this church, you help small groups happen like that. You help create environments like this. You help us provide for people all around the world so that people can come to Christ and grow in Christ. And God, that's why we exist, so that we can be a blessing. People's needs can be met, and then they'll praise you for who you are. That's what we want to have happen at this place. And so, God, will you use this offering for your glory? Will you use, as you continue to use us throughout this Christmas season, will you help us not have a scarcity mindset? Will you help us not cling to, to things? Will you help us not be envious? Will you help us not have I'm not, I can't statements? God, will you help us not believe our situation is permanent, but that, God, you will, you will deliver us from that? God, will you help us not overindulge, but instead be people who give, just like you gave us your son, Jesus, the ultimate act of abundance. So Lord, thank you that you give out of abundance so that we can give out of abundance and so that your name can be glorified. We love you and we praise you. And we give you all the glory forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high, your hidden glory in creation. 